Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, the Ladies and gentlemen, before we get into this week's podcast and the big SummerSlam announcements, it's time for everyone's favorite game. Let's randomly call Renee Young. Yellow. And she answers on the first ring. <laughs> well, I saw that it was you and you did give me that heads up that maybe one day you're going to be calling me to speak. So. Wow. And you texted me some other information today. So me and you are uh, synced up, Rosenberg. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Are we synced up? Because I got to tell you, Renee. Um, earlier this week, I mean, can't help but notice really, um, sweet, loving birthday post for Dolph Ziggler, but, uh, last week. <laughs> None for your boy. When was your birthday? <laughs> last week. I mean, I couldn't have advertised it anymore on my I own Instagram page. You. I texted you. See, I, I mean, listen, who, does anyone really care about one's private feelings or do they only <laughs> care about showing off their friendship publicly? How dare you? I mean, really that's what it boils down to and listen did i want to send out a picture today for devon it's devon dudley's birthday you know i feel like he should have a birthday wish and it's john Laurinaitis's birthday <laughs> please please don't put me in a category with with every other person in wwe our friendship is special this is different and this is <laughs> and this is hurtful what makes dolph ziggler so special how dare I, you I and he him. i've known him the longest of anybody in wwe to be fair wow is that true um, T- tell me that story yeah, that's Was it, did you, were you guys friends through your love of, uh, improv and stand-up comedy? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, he would, um, he came out, there's a, a comedy bar in Toronto called Comedy Bar. Um, well, that he, is good. I gotta tell you, that it, is, that, that is solid. That is rich. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we met, um, through that, um, ages ago, but also when I was working at the school, because we would get, um, talent from WWE to come in to shoot some stuff with us, so, I don't know, whatever. Become friends with people. Well, you know oh, what? You know how it works. Then you work in the territories out there, Rosenberg. <laughs> you know, you got Nia Jax coming to your house. It's true. You've got her commenting on every picture of Bay. Well, I get it. No, listen, no one can compete with Nia's commenting game. Let's just, that's. I, to be fair, she slides into my DMs more than anybody. Oh, yeah, she's a, she's a, a chronic DM slider. <laughs> particularly if it's an animal related situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she knows how to boost one's confidence. At least, at least their sure. confidence in how in how cute their dog is, if nothing. <laughs> and then I don't it's know a if hard you, world out there, you know. And then she she will send me messages if I post other dogs that are like legitimately as if she's a friend of like a wife who caught someone cheating. <laughs> Busted. She really does. I sometimes think it's serious. Now, by the way, it, true or false? Is it public information that you're performing comedy SummerSlam weekend? Let's get that right, first and foremost. I'm going to be at Caroline's, which has a very strong association with comedy. Right. Um, so I'm going to be emceeing. So I'm going to emcee, though I might have another little trick up my sleeve that I'm not ready to announce because I'm not sure that my uh, partner in crime for it uh, is able to commit to the date. But if that person cannot, I'm hoping that I can bring in a backup and have some kind of special surprise treat. Well, you know, again, yet another example. Are you going to be there? Yet another example of you not thinking about me and, and not wanting to include me. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I have, listen, I don't want you to compete with my event. I set with you. That's not going to work. <laughs> well, actually, we are, we uh, just announced that I'm doing a Cheap Heat Live on Friday night at 8 
isn't your okay. isn't your thing like late Friday night? It's midnight, I think. Yeah, it's really late. That's how we roll. Okay. Midnight dwellers of Caroline's. No, that's perfect because actually people could very easily, people could literally go to Cheap Heat Live, go out for dinner or a drink, and then go to Caroline's. Is Dip going to be there? Oh, of course Dip, is Dip going to be there? These are like, Dip going to be there. He's going to be doing signings. Oh my God. First of all, he does legitimately take pictures with the, with the Cheap Heat (laughs) universe, which is a sight to be seen that is real. And, and Uh, on top of that, he also like, Dipperstein really likes to take on like a producing role. The problem is, here's the problem okay. with Dipperstein. He gets, okay. he's so passionate about this and it's so close to his heart that yeah. like his job in theory is to make my life easier by producing yeah. a same, but he's so into it that he's nervous himself and that doesn't <laughs> always help. Um, but no, that's not helpful, but we, I, I am guessing. There's a good chance you'll see us pop through the late night, the na- late night Caroline's visit. Oh yes, and Sam Roberts is also doing a thing at Caroline's. Why is Caroline's the hot spot? Is there like something? What's the deal? Uh, well, Carol, Sam usually runs Caroline's. Um, it's a good. It's it's Times Square. It's a nice. Yeah. Si- it's a nice size room, but it's not a crazy size room. Um, right. I saw Foley do comedy there one time. Yeah. Um. I've seen. I've seen. Friggin' icons at Caroline's. Um, it's yeah. it's a good spot. Like, Young. like like icons, like names like Dave Chappelle, names like Tracy oh, Morgan, names like Rusley Young. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so um so yeah, it, it's a good room. I actually bit off a lot. I for some reason last week, as if I don't have enough jobs, I was like, yo. We gotta go hard on SummerSlam this year. Um, no, it's time. Let's get a let's get a 500 person room and just sell this thing out. So we're doing. Time do- is up. The time is now. We're doing. That's exactly right. Um, we're doing. <laughs> we're doing Sony Hall, which is a new venue that people love. I've never set foot in there. It's yeah. a, It's supposed to be great, but um, maybe if you feel like coming through before your thing, no pressure. Uh, no fresh, but listen, I, I think that sounds great. I would love to, because I didn't get to be part of your stuff um, during WrestleMania week, and I was a little bummed about that. Also, I didn't even get to go see you on, on uh, Media Row. I got like yeah, stiffed. you know, it's a really good point, and you left me awkwardly hosting in the middle of the ring at the yeah at the pre WrestleMania. <laughs> Why, what was I doing? I can't remember. I couldn't make it. I did leave you high and dry, but you, you loved it. You were so happy. I wasn't going to be there. You're like, yes, <laughs> I'm taking this. <laughs> well, well, you would have, you would have, <laughs> you would have ruined, you would have ruined my heat. Like I got booed. You got some heat. I got lots of heat. If you were there, you would have gotten your little baby face pop, and I would have got nothing. So. I, <laughs> Um, well, see, maybe that was me being a good friend. I was giving you some heat. You know what? It all worked out because, truth be told, my favorite meal from WrestleMania weekend came later that night. It was fantastic. Oh my god, wasn't that was amazing? Speaking of meals, can I just can I just give you a little briefing here? Please. Do you want to do you want to know? What I literally just finished finished cooking, and I just took the pictures for it. I'm going to put it up on my website. Um, by my website, probably just my Instagram stories. Um, but I just made um all from scratch. A clam chowder poutine. Put that in your pants and have a nice afternoon. Oh my goodness. I know. It's really, it is truly an exceptional dish. Was there a recovering, um, injured professional wrestler who was able to enjoy this dish no. with you? It was no, solo? No, no, no. Uh, my, <laughs> my mother-in-law is here though. So she is indulging with me. And what did she say? She, I was a round of applause. 
She was we literally a- just, we just had, I just walked outside and I was like, oh my God, I smell like grease. I've never, I never really fry stuff, uh, but I made my fries from scratch. And uh, listen, what? I'm really making some leaps and bounds in the food world. I got to tell you, let's, let's be honest. We don't want to give away too much of the future, but a cooking show should be in your future. I agree. It's what I want. It's what I need. I'm ready for it. This is just like, these are just little trial, uh, trial runs that I do at home in my kitchen and I try to take nice photos, but I'm ready for it. I love cooking. It's, it's the, it's my jam. I'm, I'm very impressed. I, I don't, how, yeah. what, but by the way, let me just be brutally honest. How was, I'm a little concerned about how I would like clam chowder poutine. It's, it's very nice. So I feel like the clam chowder takes on the same sort of uh, uh, consistency of a gravy. That's true. And you add in like the, the salty brininess from the clams. Uh, so I had not the best curds, but that's okay. That's did you did you pour a Campbell's soup on French fries? No. No, listen, I'm no slouch. But I did think about it because I was like, well, listen, I have this idea. I could just do that and take a photo. But I'm an honest, true through and through homegirl. I, I did the whole thing. You know, I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm going to let you get back to your life. Um, okay. I, Dipperstein and I had a conversation recently, last time I was in LA, and we were uh-huh. like, we were like, does, do you think honestly, like, do you think there's another side to Renee? Dipperstein, <laughs> Dipperstein asked me that. He goes, do you think there's another side? Could she be this great all the time? And I was like, <laughs> I said, I've only seen this side. So that means either she yeah, is just that great. Or the or the side that's down there is it's dark. It's evil. It is lurking in the murky waters of my soul. And every now and then it moves itself the head. Listen, you catch me on a bad day before I'm about to get my period, or if I'm hungry, uh, there I can definitely have a little clap back in me. That's for sure. I would like to imagine that the hidden Renee Young comes out when she's like in her mid sixties, and it's sort <laughs> and it's sort of like the the woman version of Rob Ford. That's what I'd like to see. <laughs> Like what a, what a spiral out that would be. I hope that I get to be like, I hope at that point in my life, I am the new barefoot Contessa and sh- hits the fan because <laughs> I go nuts. That'd be great. That would be great television. And, and I, and I actually would like it if they still brought you back for random WWE <laughs> events and like, you'd be like, <laughs> and my I guest at this time. With, with me and Jean. I mean, me and Jean can be surly sometimes. It's awesome. I love surly me and Jean. One of my favorite things, I was like working with them. And uh, we, were, uh, we were doing a show. We were on teleprompter, and I like deviated off the script a little bit, and it threw him off. We stopped down. He's like, "Hey, stick to the script, you little shit." <laughs> Are you serious? That is amazing. By the way, it like makes me laugh. So I, would, I actually drove through Sarasota this week, and I meant to call Gene. I love him so much. I last time I saw him at Raw Twenty Five was the first time that I actually think he was aware of who I was and sincere yeah. and sincerely had zero respect for me. <laughs> <laughs> like he was totally mocking me to my face and I could uh, feel what he was putting down and I just it's great. and I leaned right into it and he seemed to really appreciate me leaning I'm right sure. into it. Yes, he knows, he gets it. I love him. He's the best. And he's so <laughs> underrated funny when you go back and watch oh those my promos. God. Oh, not only that, but just like working with him, if he would like mess something up or if I mess something up, his stuff he says in between takes is the funniest stuff. Like if they just did a blooper reel of the random stuff that comes out of his mouth, oh my God. He like, would have this whole resurgence in his career. I, I would not have a job is what would happen. Well, yeah, both He'd of come the, back. Bo- oh, got it. I thought oh, I was going to say he probably also says stuff during the outtakes that would also lead to him not having a job. So it would go full circle. <laughs> 
and then they bring Quite you back. Possibly, but he's charming. He's old. It's fine. Well, if you if you really go back and watch old Gene interviews, like with Savage or Hogan or whoever, he 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 does sort of like what Booker does with us, which is try to <laughs> pop everyone who he's working with at the time. <laughs> And he was so, I'm so good at happy it. Happy that we have Booker back on the panels. What a good life! Oh my he's god, me too, dude. He's one of my favorite people. He's, me too. He cracks me up. He is so great. All right, uh, Renee, I'll let you get back to your mother-in-law and your clams. And <laughs> <laughs> gotta go. Clams are talking. <laughs> All right, and we'll see you SummerSlam weekend. Yes, sir. Bye, dude. Bye. There she is, the Canadian Mean Jean, as I know her, and I don't really know her. Uh, as the Canadian mean gene. Without any further ado, let's meet this week's sponsor. That's right, brother. I'm going to tell you something right now. Cheap Heat this week is brought to you by none other than, wait for it, wait for it, Cheap Heat Live. It's going down August 17th. I should probably get that right before I cut this promo. Friday, August 17th. Yes, Friday, August 17th. Friday, Friday, Friday. August 17th at Sony Hall, West 46th Street, 46th and 8th, okay? That is the location for the big, big Cheap Heat Live. And here's what we're doing when it goes down. Matter of fact, I won't even continue this commercial without calling the physical one, the large one. The S to the G to the Mickey Flicky G. So I'm going to call Stack Guy Greg right now. It wasn't enough that we had Renee Young. No, no, this show keeps going. We will uh, we will bring on the Stack Guy right now and continue this promo. Because I'm very excited if you can't tell. I'm excited about the event. Like I just told Renee, I did decide to go super hard for some reason. Um, that's just where I'm at with it. So now we bring in SGG. SGG? Yeah. Yeah, you know me. Wow, we just did that. I was in the middle. I, I just got off the phone with the great Rusley Young. Um, and we chatted <laughs> for, we chatted for 10 minutes about, um, SummerSlam weekend and a, a variety of other things. Clam Chowder, Mean Gene Okerlund, and many things of that nature. But SGG, I'm just talking about what's going down. Friday, 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 August 17th. At Sony Hall. SGG, don't ask me what got into me. I just said screw it. Go hard or go home. We're not doing a cheap heat of a cheap heat and greet. We are doing a full blown cheap heat live at the newest venue in the city that everyone has been talking about. It is supposed to be fire. Um, tickets go on sale Friday at Ticketmaster.com. Myself, the mage one, his majesty. Peter Rosenberg, the man who invented the man, the man who made the man who makes the shoes, will be going one-on-one against the traitor. That's right. The man who makes the shoes, the maker of shoes, Davis Shoemaker, one-on-one with special guest referee, the physically large one, a.k.a. Uptown Malcolm, stat guy Greg. But that's not enough because this match needs a second referee to make sure everything's enforced. Who is that second special guest referee? We don't know. But I'll tell you who will be in the corner of the mage one, and that will be the magent himself, 
Brian Dipperstein. Oh my God. Will the JWO be there? Will the JWO Wolfpack be there? We'll be right back. Anyways, that's what's happening on Friday, August 17th. SGG, are you excited? Yeah, I'm going to call it right down the middle. I'm, I'm looking forward to a fair fight between, um, you and Shoemaker, but let's be honest. You know, he's, he's throwing some jabs both of our ways. So, if, as long as I don't see any illegalities, I'll call it right down the middle. But if something happens to happen and I don't happen to see, then I can't be faulted for what may happen behind the referee's back. Well, I mean, Greg, no referee in the world could be asked to call things that he doesn't see. Of course not. Of course not. I don't even see how that's remotely possible. You just call the match as fair as you possibly can, okay? 100% right down the middle. Wink, wink. Um, I don't know if you have to say wink, wink. I think you just made it obvious what we're talking about here, and I'm <laughs> I'm a little concerned. Um, so SGG, we obviously. Well, first of all, let me finish my plugs. That is going down. That's Friday night, eight o'clock. Tickets at Ticketmaster.com. The room holds five hundred people total. That's what we sold out at Highline. That's what we're gonna sell out again. Here's the thing. We are doing a limited, limited VIP ticket. The VIP ticket costs more money because you know what the major one wants to make. Money! Money! Um, but most importantly, I want to meet the people. So we're going to have the VIP tickets, all right? The VIP tickets, I believe they're doing, I believe they're doing 75 smacks. For the VIP ticket. And what that gets you is the best seat in the house. And then the meet and greet with everyone who's a part of the show. It'll be like a hangout uh, either before or after the show. Probably for you know 45 minutes to an hour. Just hanging out, kicking it, taking pictures with everyone. Having an adult beverage. Whatever the, 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 the night brings. So we have a limited amount of those. I think we're going to do 100. I'm trying to do as many as I can because, again, I love money. And also I believe that, you know, the you people the, who are part of the, the pecker heads too. I love the pecker heads. And I, I just feel that I know that these days, to be honest, we're charging. I think we're doing like 30 bucks for the ticket or 25 or 30 bucks for the regular ticket. And these days I know a lot of live podcasts start at 50 bucks. A lot of places do – uh, pretty exorbitant prices for the meet and greet. Um, but, uh, I thought this was, I just know that the cheap heat universe wants to come out and say hello. So, um, that's what we're doing. Um, so the tickets go on sale Friday morning. I'm guessing the VIPs will go quickly, but whatever. I'm not going to give you the whole Bruce and Conrad. I'm just going to let the thing play out the way it plays out Friday at Ticketmaster. Now, the next day, I am also going to be stopping by. Along with the Magent Dipperstein. And I, SGG, I didn't even ever ask you, but I assume you are also going to come by the pop-up shop. Of course, I'm in there. Good, because I'm promoting you. So, we will be at the pop-up shop, which is at Blind Barber, which is a barber shop slash bar, um, 339 East 10th Street from noon to 3 p.m. When I tell you that Wrestling for Sale has some ish... I mean, my guy has some ish SGG. Like, like, I know people see the items that the mage one has and is like, well, listen, that's those, Rosenberg's at a place where how am I going to get those? It's too much. It's impossible. 
he has some bo- I right on the fringe of holy grail material. Both Whoa. hats, both hats and shirts. I'm not talking about like you know the same Hogan shirt you've seen a thousand times or just a WrestleMania 1 shirt. I'm talking about some historic shirts in great sizes, in great condition, tons of hats that are like brand new. Plus, we have the new cheap heat shirt that we're selling on Friday night and Saturday, the new um Saturday night's main event themed cheap heat shirt, which may be my favorite one. Um I gotta yeah, shout this, out my this man. This is sexy, like it really is. I mean, let's just be honest. Everyone knows, not everyone. The hardcore nerds know the Saturday Night's Main Event shirt is my all-time favorite wrestling shirt. And I got to give a shout-out um, to Matt, um, who is the dude who put in the work on this um, and came up with the concept. Um, the details are so incredible, too. Even, like, the same age and the size of, like, the trademark. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's it's special. This is a great shirt. It's the same material. It's like the higher end cotton uh mix that we did for the Monday Night Rosenberg shirts. So, I, again, I'm not going to give you the whole super spiel on the shirts, but everyone we've ever done has been limited and disappeared permanently. Um this one I may sell online after the events cuz it's so hot to it's me. It's in high demand I, too. I mean, I've seen people beg for it. For like a link so, or something. So I think we may do a few more of these just because they're fire and I think it should be the shirt we rock with for a year or so. Um, and I, I specifically put the year on it. So one day when this is a more rare item, you'll always know the year that's on it. Um, we should have done that. The older ones, shout out to Ted Wrestling for Sale for putting me on to doing that. So anyways, that'll be available at Blind Barber also. So Friday night, Sony Hall. Tickets on sale Friday at Ticketmaster. Saturday, come through Blind Barber, buy some shirts um, or a shirt. Because, listen, you're going to have to dig in that bag. Listen, he's going to be competitive. The price is going to be good. But be clear, this is the real stuff. This is not coming through and dropping 20. I mean, you might drop 20 on something super common. But these are the real shirts. This is the classics. So people I know are very gear- geared up for that. If I don't buy everything when 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 the stuff comes to town, let's just be totally honest. <laughs> let's be honest. So you might. So man, SGG. Uh, fortunately, we have a lot of time leading up to SummerSlam. Not a lot of time. We have two weeks left two leading weeks. up to SummerSlam. Yeah, actually, and next week I'm doing a May Young spectacular. So oh, it's a, it's a go. You're going down to Florida. I'm going down to Florida to do this May Young um, cheap heat. Um, and then Alexa and I are taking the weekend in uh, the Keys. Um, so next week we actually won't do a ton of previewing. I'll mostly be talking to some of the uh, most talented women in the WWE. But no matter what, we got to start the show by saying RIP to those who passed away this week, Greg. It was tough. It was a bad week. Yeah, it was. It was a bad week for... Uh... For wrestling fans and you no know, wrestling legends and the wrestling community alike, we lost three this this past week. Um, yeah, uh, obviously from a fan standpoint, um, you know, Nikolai Volkov, just just such an awesome classic heel character. The Soviet national anthem, so over. The man had heat 
in the mid eighties as much heat as anyone. Um, you know, such a great tag partner with Iron Cheek. He was the, as, as Dipperstein and I realized this weekend, he was the Shawn Michaels of the Bolsheviks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite things. Um, and also, you know, he, he lived in Bal- in Baltimore area and was part of the, um, part of the uh, government there and i was happy dip and i got to meet him at mania a couple years ago and have like a real quality conversation with yeah, him. yeah that was in dallas I, I got to have a conversation with him too and he just he just came across like a really nice guy despite the way you know you thought about him growing up and like his character and who he portrayed on tv but he did he did sound relatively he basically liked the character yeah he see that was him, but minus the bad guy part, he was a really nice. Seemed like a really um, uh, sweet guy. Um, so I'm I'm genuinely happy that I got to meet him and, and and have a little bit of a conversation with him. Anything, Greg, you want to offer on the great Nikolai? Yeah, he was just like, you know, like you said. I think you touched upon it for wrestling fans from a certain era. Um, he was. Hated, but hated in that way that made him um, beloved. Uh, you talk about the Bolsheviks, but even um, you know after the wall came down and we won the Cold War, and then he sold out and and uh, joined the Million Dollar Corporation. You know he was always like he was always an enjoyable character, and I, I just remember you know how he would come out with Ted DiBiase, and DiBiase would have the dollar signs on his tights, and Nikolai would have the sense symbol on his tights. And I just always thought that that was was kind of hilarious, and you know, not to show my age too much, but I'm a bit younger than most people, so I really remember him from that era, you know, with the Million Dollar Corporation and being a shady character following behind Million Dollar Man. But like you said, um, just talking to him briefly in Dallas, you got to see what a what a cool dude he really was. So rest in peace to Nikolai Volkov, seventy, too young in 2018. Seventy is much too young. Um, to be gone. And then, uh, the most, I mean, I mean, there's a shocking, I, I guess, was the death of Brian Christopher, Grandmaster yeah. Sex A, the son of Jerry the King Lawler, 43 years old. Is that right, SGG? I believe it was 46, but I'll double check for you. Let me get that right. Um, yeah, what, what more do we know about the story uh, of this tragedy? So, you know, Pro Wrestling Sheet was reporting that he attempted to to hang himself. And, yeah, this is a pretty morbid story. I should probably say that before I get too much into it. But, yeah, he attempted to hang himself because he was in jail and uh, he got caught for a DUI and he had some other legal problems. Um, that attempt was unsuccessful, but he was rushed to the hospital and uh, later died in the hospital. The Wrestling Observer noted that Jerry Lawler was trying to set up Christopher to get him into rehab to overcome his substance abuse issues, but never started um, because no one knew how long he'd be in jail for. If he was able to stay clean for a year, reports suggest that Lawler would have pushed him to get a job with WWE, perhaps as a trainer at the Performance Center. Lawler had supposedly been doing a lot to get him out of things. 
I mean, this is, I don't, I, this is speculation from the observer. I'd rather not speculate on sort of the interpersonal relationship with Jerry and his son, but, um, man, just unbelievable. Um, another really, really sad moment, and I really feel, really feel for the family, man. That's, it's just so young. And you know, as we, as we talked about to get to the wrestling side of it, Man, you know, we you can kind of joke at the characters, but let's be honest, uh, Grandmaster Sexay was over. He was, uh, along with Rikishi and, tu- and uh, Scotty Tuhati. They were definitively over, man. Um, there's no way around it. Uh, I don't have, even though I've watched him wrestle a bunch, I really don't know and can't say much about his skill set. Um, I just, I, I don't remember overthinking about it. I think he was a fine hand. Um, but I will tell you, uh, for that run he had, he was over. Um, and, uh, yeah, of course the, uh, it was, that was not the last tragedy of the wrestling world from the weekend, SGG. No, um, Brickhouse Brown also passed away, uh, at 57. He lost a battle to cancer. Um, and admittedly, I am not very familiar with this gentleman's career. Um, Good, because I'm not at all. That makes me feel better. Typically, but it's because I'm, honestly, I'm a WWF guy and, uh, and I was born in a certain era. So like, you know, mid to late eighties, WWF is really, um, where I, where I go at. And he was in the AWA and the USWA and, um, the NWA, so I really did not see uh, a lot of his work, but um, still, condolences to his family. Uh, he seemed to be well liked by most of uh, the wrestlers that he worked with, Terry Funk, um, Jerry the King Lawler, and all those people. So, um, you know, condolences to Brickhouse Brown's family. Yeah, I was not familiar either, but um, another another sad story. Um, let's see, um, Brian Christopher was 46, you got it right, SGG, debuted in 1988. Um, so anyways, big, big rest in pieces going out to everyone. Really, 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 really a bummer. Um, I really feel for Jerry Lawler too, right? Because I feel like all three of these guys, he must have had like a close relationship with yeah um yeah i mean i i don't know the extent i mean he definitely knew all of them um i mean he's probably he probably barely even can probably barely even knows that anything else happened um i imagine i mean this is the kind of thing that uh unfortunately i know about well watching parents grieve a child it is a terrible thing that is not supposed to happen so Rest in peace. And uh, SGG, let's move on to the week in professional wrestling. What did you most... I mean, I guess you got to talk Brock Lesnar first. And we haven't said that in a while. <laughs> I know. know I've, I've been... I have not been Captain Brock recently, if I'm being totally blunt with everyone. But Brock Lesnar had a very interesting Monday Night Raw this week. Would you agree... SGG. 100% uh, I would agree. And 
not just Brock Lesnar, but you know everyone involved in that that Universal Title main event that was a setup last week with Roman Reigns' victory from Roman to Heyman to Lesnar to Angle. Um, it was a very interesting week for all of them, but with Brock and Roman in particular, it, it really felt like, and maybe this is partly because they were in Miami and, you know, Roman's beloved in Florida, but it really felt like they hated Brock and they loved Roman. And WWE finally got the reaction that they wanted to get out of this feud for years now. What uh, what part surprised you? Did you expect this? Do you think it will be effective? If the goal is to get Brock Lesnar to be booed, and I'm sorry, I've been doing a much better job actually paying attention to the podcast, but Ted did just send me a tremendous shirt opportunity online, so I apologize. <laughs> well, while you dig into that, I'll jump in and just say, like, the part that surprised me the most, honestly, was the crowd reaction for Roman. I mean, from... The beginning of Raw, right through everything he did, um, they were with him. And when the show closed with Brock basically attacking Kurt Angle and attacking um, Paul Heyman or threatening Paul Heyman, there was a very loud uh, We Want Roman chant. And it was, it was a dueling chant, to be fair, but the We Want Roman versus the No We Don't that came back it was like a whisper like they might as well have not even been saying no we don't you could probably count the exact amount of people who were in the audience yelling no we don't and it couldn't have been more than 20 people but the rest of the crowd was solidly behind Roman and it was a very clear we want Roman not a we want Strowman and to see him get that reaction when uh, honestly Strowman could have very very easily been a logical choice to interject himself and, you know, cash in that money in the bank and make his presence felt in that moment. And it would have been logical for the crowd who, you know, supports him more so than they support Roman Reigns. Not even more so. Supports him very much more than they support Roman Reigns to cheer for him. It could have very easily been cheering for Strowman or anybody else, but to, to ask for Roman to come down in that moment and to want to see that confrontation. Like I said, this is what WWE has been trying to get people to feel since they went after this for WrestleMania a couple of years ago. And so for them to get it and to to get it in this magnitude and to have it come across on television, I think that bodes well for them going into SummerSlam with two weeks left to build toward that I, pay-per-view. I wonder what part did it. You know, I wonder, I wonder what part it was. Of the, like, was it the, was it the belittling of Heyman all night? Was it the beatdown of Kurt Angle? Like, what, what, what do you think made it effective in making people actually get somewhat anti-Brock? I think it was or when Brock. Are people just genuinely disinterested at this point? Um, I don't, I wouldn't say people were genuinely disinterested. I think people were, and then he showed up, and now, we're hooked again because um, they laid out the bait and we took it like we always do. But I think what definitively turned the crowd against him was when he specifically said that he doesn't care about the crowd because 
Um, up until this point, Heyman has been his mouthpiece. And Heyman has never really um, attacked the crowd personally in that way. Uh, you know, he's he's told us that, you know, we're wrong for supporting who we support and that it's pointless to go against Brock Lesnar. But he's never come out and said that they don't care about us or our opinions and that we don't matter. And Brock specifically, you know, for two hours or for the better part of three hours, actually said that he doesn't care. He only showed up because he was threatened and that... Um, He's there for the money. It's not about the fans. And I think that's what finally did it. Or at least that's part of what finally did it. I'm saying this right now. I believe if you want to continue going with this and get us to a point where the New York crowd will be firmly in Roman's favor. Listen to this random Rosenberg idea. I would love to see Roman Reigns come out next week not in his ring gear. And and not in a suit either. Let him be a guy. Well, what does that look Let like, him, though? Right? Because his ring gear is so know. close to street gear. I I know I do, I don't know. Don't give me the big dog. Don't give me just give me the guy. Give me Joe from Samoa, not Samoa Joe. Give me Roman Reigns, the guy. Let him. I don't know what that look looks like. How does he dress in real life? I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I don't I'm not know. A, but I just think, I think it would be a little trick that might work on a lot of the people who are sick of the vest and they're sick of the corporate guy who always kind of looks like the cartoon character Roman Reigns. It would be subtle, but I would love to see him come out doing something else. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I actually was pretty... too. This is my favorite Raw in a while. It helped that my schedule was good this Monday, and I actually had time to, like, hang out, to watch it. it yeah, I had some other things to do that I could do while watching. Um, But, yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Um, What's the next... What else from Raw... Are the big takeaways? Well, a little detail that I liked that um, it was like a little loophole or like a a plot hole that they sort of closed on Monday, and I appreciate that they did that. Was the fact that um, Kevin Owens versus Braun Strowman at SummerSlam is for the Money in the Bank briefcase, but with Brock in the building, if Braun would have cashed in, then Kevin Owens has this match against Braun Strowman with nothing at stake. So I, I, I like that Kevin Owens had the constable Baron Corbin and Stephanie McMahon close that loophole because for me that was something that um, not bothered me, but it was something that crossed my mind that, you know, Braun could just get rid of the briefcase before they have the match and then KO gets nothing. So that at least gives us, yeah, it'll get us to SummerSlam with both of those matches intact in the way that they're intended. Um, because I, I wouldn't mind a plot twist on the on the Money in the Bank briefcase, honestly. And seeing it go to Kevin Owens somehow. Me too. I mean, I absolutely feel that there's got to be some... I mean, in spite of whether we get to a place where we're more excited about Roman and Brock, 
unless they do the impossible. And Roman is over like a legitimate Seth Rollins babyface going into the SummerSlam. I still think they have to do something else. I, I really do. I, I still think there has to be some sort of threat of something else or a briefcase, whether it be Braun, whether it be KO. I still don't you think? Like, do you no, really, yeah. you, you th- in two weeks, even though we've seen an improvement, in two weeks, is it going to get to the point where you trust the Brooklyn crowd to not ruin this main event? Listen, like I said on Twitter, man, I'm from Harlem. I don't trust anything Brooklyn too much. But so. <laughs> wow, well said. What do you trust more? Being from Harlem, what do you trust more? The funny style cats in Queens or Brooklyn? Queens. Queens, of course. You trust, Queen, you trust Queens over Brooklyn? Yeah. Queens over Brooklyn, 100%. Even though Queens is known for cats being funny style. Queens is known for cats being funny style, but you know you know that already. You know what I mean? So, like, if somebody's funny style and you know that, you can't be too, too offended because they're just funny style. They're not, like, grimy. You know what I mean? Brooklyn is known for, for snakes. It's a good point. It's a really good point out of you, SGG. And that's where we'll be in Brooklyn. <laughs> yep, we'll be in Brooklyn. In just two weeks. And I say all that um, to say, no, I don't trust the Brooklyn crowd. But uh, we'll see, though. We'll see. They might surprise us. I doubt it. But yes, yes, yes. Yes, we shall see. Any other... Uh, any other... Any other nuggets that came oh. up? And, yeah, the Sasha Banks and Bailey storyline i don't know where this is going two weeks away dude we're two weeks away and they're they're back to being friends yeah i mean listen honestly you know why two aj fell apart and about that time but my thing with you know sasha banks and bailey at least this week i really did appreciate that they had a team name and matching gear and a team finisher. And it was frustrating because the Riot Squad has been around all this time. And, you know, the most they have is matching t-shirts. Which is like, whatever. And they don't really have... They don't look like a team. I appreciate how Sasha Banks and Bailey at least look like a team. I just... But, like, why did they have to... Why do we have to get that look right now? Couldn't we have gotten that to come together a while ago? So at this point, we were ready for the breakup. Yeah, yeah I mean, Listen, it just feels th- like they have to be setting us up for a big turn. And if not, Listen, maybe th- for SummerSlam, maybe for Evolution? Uh, maybe. Uh, you think? Listen, you think they there's need- a chance they push it to Evolution? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. I, that would shock me if it doesn't even end up making SummerSlam. I'd be shocked. You're, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I'd be like, wow, wow, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, I mean, they've been kicking the can on this for a while, so I, I don't. 
I don't see why not, especially when, you know, right now the Evolution pay-per-view is just like a feel-good type of pay-per-view. They're going to give us some great matches, but at the same time, WWE um, has always been about the story. So, you know, we get great matches out of these great stories, and I think that's the one that they... They probably been sitting on it because they knew they had evolution coming up, and that's the one that they can go to that would be like a blood feud and really do something to to pop interest in in that pay per view beyond you know the novelty of it just being an all women's pay per view. SGG, there's so much more that happened this week. There's um. There's the uh, SmackDown. You have Charlotte is now involved. It is now a triple threat match. Charlotte, uh, Becky Lynch, and Carmella after Charlotte beats Carmella. By the way, M- Money Carmella with another great promo. Her, yeah. her fake ba- her fake baby face is so tremendous. I'm ashamed of myself because I buy it every time too. Like, you know, everything from the inflection to the her voice cracking, and she can't even look people in the eye because she's so ashamed of the woman that she's become. And then I know, even even though I absolutely knew where it was going, this is what makes it so great. Yeah. Even though you absolutely knew where it was going, you still suspended disbelief for a second and were like. This would be weird. Is she like for a second? I'm not saying I sat there the whole time, <laughs> but for a second, you start to go, oh. and uh, it was beautiful. And it was interesting because the the writer who writes about wrestling in the New York Post, I believe, wrote an article about how getting rid of Ellsworth right now made makes no sense because it gives Carmella no chance against Becky. But now that Charlotte's in the mix, anyone can win. Mm-hmm. So it actually works to Carmella's advantage, which I love. It doesn't make her chances worse. It makes her chances better because now she has someone to beat up Becky Lynch. Her name is Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. Um, how would you describe where we are with Daniel Bryan and The Miz? A slow burn is how I would describe it. Um, I know Ange Gold, is, it, this is... I don't want to say it infuriates him because I don't want to speak for him, but I know he is really not feeling how how they're moving and the pace they're moving with this story. But um, and I sort of agree with him, but like I said, I, I'm more patient with the way they're telling this story. Um, so yeah, I would definitely describe it as a slow burn. I, I do agree with him that they don't do enough um, beyond a couple of throwaway lines to reference their history that Daniel Bryan. And the Miz have, and the fact that, you know, when Daniel Bryan debuted on NXT, and not even this version of NXT that we know and love, but the reality competition, pseudo tough enough version, um, the Miz was his pro. And Daniel Bryan had no respect for the Miz even then, or whether that was a character thing, or that was actually how they felt about each other. And so now in that time to see, you know, and Miz was, I think, WWE champion or he was on his way to being WWE champion at that time. 
Um, and now to see where they are, Daniel Bryan has achieved a lot in spite of Miz. And while Daniel Bryan was in retirement, the Miz has been needling him. But they really only reference all of that in passing. It's like it's supposed to be this thing, I guess, where we know that they hate each other. So they don't need to rehash it. But of all the times to to rehash um, rehash the story, I think this is the time to do it. I just want, like, if it's going to happen, I just need it to mean what it should mean. So, if that ends up being SummerSlam and not WrestleMania the way I wanted, okay. Well, um, it could be, it could start at SummerSlam and they could find a way to extend it to through to WrestleMania because, I mean, they did it last year with uh, great success with Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. It started at, it started before SummerSlam actually, um, and then Shane McMahon was the referee and then it became this whole big thing, a hell in a cell, and then they ended up in a WrestleMania match. So if they find a way to do a push and pull until we get to WrestleMania, um, then I think that would be great. But that's the that's the only thing, though, of them finding well, there, a way and there, and to do it. And Andrew's logic when it comes to Daniel Bryan and the Miz is that he was like, yo, the second Miz came, Daniel came back, it was like, let's go. Get them into it. You don't know how long this is going to last. This is the story you need to tell. Um, however, at the same time, don't rush it. I, I, I don't feel that yeah. like, I think Daniel, I think he's around for a while. I don't think they brought him back and like he's going to get re-hurt. To me, he has done the testing for a couple of years to know that he's okay and he's going to wrestle in a way that's safe. Like I don't, maybe it's wishful thinking, but I anticipate Daniel Bryan being around. So to me, I'd rather have it told well. I'm, I'm with you in that. And I don't think the issue is him getting hurt again. I think a lot of people's issue is um, his contract status. And I know Meltzer has been reporting that he's, his contract is up in April, and I know Daniel Bryan has made some comments hinting at um, leaving the WWE, but that was before before they they cleared him to wrestle. Because I know he just wanted to wrestle, so he was willing to leave the WWE if that meant wrestling somewhere. But now that he's wrestling here, that's I think that's the factor that determines how this story is going to go, which is his contract status. And hopefully he does sign... Um, sign a new contract because he's been to the top so you know he knows uh, there's no there's nowhere better to be um, for him than WWE or for any wrestler really if you want to be at the top of the game SGG are you ready to dive headfirst into the mailbag yeah let's do it this is always my favorite part of the week mail everyone loves it everyone's talking about it alright here we go We'll start out with Trevor, who wrote a great email called Hogan Never Repented in Kayfabe Either. <laughs> Pete, longtime listener through all the eras, and I'm thoroughly enjoying the new, new era. However, SGG is crazy with his Bret Hart takes. Anyway, why did it take the world hearing a secret videotape of the Hulkster slinging racial slurs? to realize what us wrestling fans have known ever since the build-up to WrestleMania Five, Hear me out. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. 
Are you intrigued? I'm going to take a sip of water. I feel like I'm going to agree with this guy. I feel like I know where this is going, and I feel like I'm going to agree with every word that is written in this email. Well, I, th- I think we all knew you were going to agree once we knew it was a Hogan bashing email. All right. <laughs> but there's some salient Hulk, points to be made. Hulk never apologized to Randy for trying to hook up with Liz, even though we all saw he had legit lust in his eyes, brother. Macho Man's presumption about Hogan's character were even validated when 25 years later, Hogan hooked up with his real-life best friend's wife. (laughs) And on that very videotape, the true Hogan was exposed. By the way, I was going to also throw in here, he did not include it. Let's not forget that eventually, what woman ended up standing behind him during the NWO? Yep. Liz. Hogan's first betrayal of Savage wasn't enough. After the Hulkster planted the seeds that would later mature into the breakup of wrestling's most beloved couple, Hogan used Savage again to put himself over at Bash at the Beach. Yep. It wasn't, it wasn't enough that Hogan ruined Randy's life, but Hogan wanted to put the final nail in the proverbial coffin with the heel turn leg drop heard around the world. And he used Savage once again. (laughs) But here's the real question, Pete. Why would Hogan... This is where I have to tell you the email goes to another level. (laughs) But But here's the real question, Pete. Why would Hogan single out Savage? Why Randy every time? Out of all the superstars, why sabotage him? It's obvious. It's because Randy Savage was black. Dun dun dun. <clears throat> Kayfabe. He was on the cutting edge of style. His use of the English English language was next level, and his lyrical masterpieces captivated millions. <laughs> he did he have was, all the bars, though. Not gonna lie. He was he was the legit coolest guy in wrestling. Real life. Randy's brother Lanny claim that their father, Angelo Poffo, is half African-American, half Italian, but always, quote, passed for white, according to Wikipedia. You see, the writing was on the wall all the way back then when the mega powers exploded. Hulk Hogan was a racist. Then, now, forever. (laughs) All the signs were there. The majority of us were blinded by the larger-than-life red and yellow veil concealing Hogan's bigotry. Again, love the show, Your Majesty. Keep doing you and enjoy yourself. P.S. SGG, Bret Hart wasn't even the best wrestler in his family, let alone the greatest ever. (laughs) Put down down the pink and black Kool-Aid, Trevor Wyatt. Incredible, incredible message. And as I wrote back to him, I wrote him back. I wrote, great email. And remember... Savage was Jewish, too. I don't know about the black part. I I have to do my research on that. But I know about the Jewish part. That's for sure. I will say this about Savage, though. I will say this. I had always thought that he might be black, but he never claimed it, so I never put that on him, if that makes sense. I mean, let's also not forget, first of all, Let's take a look at the hair. 
Yes, that's exactly that's the one. The hair, the way it gets when it gets a little, a little humid. Like, yes, yes, it has some Jufro to it, but it also has some real fro to it. <laughs> yep, it it just didn't respond the way any other wrestler's hair responded to to uh, a sixty minute Broadway. Let's be honest. And I just realized the name of the episode this week. Macho Man was black. Listen, we'll take has- him. We'll take him. Do you approve that as a title for the show? I do. I do. And I approve that I, I as... Think, I think that's that's the headline that gets people. <laughs> I love it. So here I'm we in. go. Um, and, and by the way, not only the hair, let's not forget he went on to have a rap career, okay? He did. Be a man, Hogan. Be a man. Yeah. <laughs> Drop the diss track, too. Be a man, Hogan. Don't forget. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh. All right. I don't know what that means. Forget Wu Tang or Jersey Shore. Here's who should accompany Carmella. Male. Hey, sweet Pete. Your discussion of who could theoretically join you in accompanying Carmella to the ring at SummerSlam got me thinking. You're right that it can't be a Wu-Tang member since they would be face. Jersey Shore people could run the same risk or just be met with indifference. The obvious choice is someone who fits so perfectly that I can't believe you didn't mention her. Unless, of course, it's already happening and you can't announce it. I'm talking about none other than the heat-seeking missile known as Bad Baby. She could even perform Carmella's theme on the way to the ring. Can you imagine how the Brooklyn crowd would respond to this? I would hate it so much, and that's why I say it has to happen. I saw your interview with her. Good stuff. You can make this happen, Rosenberg. Oh, my God. The end of this email. Cash me outside and enjoy yourself. Ron. Yo, how do we get, oh my lord, how hot would that be? Hold do you know on, how yeah. much, do you I know how much heat I got for rocking with Bad Baby at all? Rocking in like the most adjacent sense of the word though too, which it, is crazy. I, I mean, I rocked with her adjacent-esque. All I did was interview her and kind of, and kind of make fun of her. <laughs> it was very mean girls the reaction that you got they're like oh you said hi to her <laughs> how dare how dare you wish her a good morning um and people went yo by the way but do you know how do you know for the sake of heat how hard i would co-sign her right in the middle of brooklyn <laughs> yo everybody wins you know what i would come out there i'd be like listen i just want to say before i bring out the greatest performer in the WWE. I also want to bring out, in my opinion, a person who's changing hip hop. This is someone with bars, lyrics, beats, rhymes. This is the real. And Brooklyn, you know what, Brooklyn? This is the home of Biggie Smalls. Okay? Disrespectful. <laughs> This is the birthplace of Big Daddy Kane. Hip hop. Man, they may say it was born in the Bronx. 
hip hop, it gets no more hip hop than Brooklyn, USA. BK. All right. Bedsty. Um, what's the other nickname I'm forgetting? Bedsty do or die, Brownsville. The other one, keep going. I hate Brown, uh, Medi- Medina, Medina. The, oh, yeah. Do you see how they try to be like Harlem? Why is that like Harlem? Because we're the Mecca, so they, they gotta be the Medina. Ah, uh, facts. Um, <laughs> all of these things. Brooklyn is hip hop. So that's why I bring to you the newest member of Team Carmella. Ladies and gentlemen, bad baby. <laughs> Catch me outside. How about that? Music hits. Hi, bitch. Hi, bitch. Uh, <laughs> Hi, bitch. <laughs> oh, God. Yo, that is so tight. The implications Yo, so... of a move like that will go far beyond WWE. I don't know if Hot 97's phone lines are equipped to handle the heat that you'll be sending to them on uh, on Monday morning. Yo, it would be so it would be so much heat. It's ridiculous. It would be a uh, a uh, a uh, a uh, a uh, uh, amazing. Oh, that's a great email, man. If you guys aren't familiar with Bad Baby for some reason, go look out look up my interview with her. It's spelled Bahad Bahabi, by the way. <laughs> and uh you'll understand. Um okay, let me I gotta get out of here. Let's let's hit a couple more real quick. Damn, this is too long. Mail. Eric says, a case for the rock being top three all time. Been listening to Cheap Heat since it was just you and the maker of shoes. No disrespect to SGG. He's fantastic. You and Sh- Shoemaker got me back into wrestling. Grew up on the 80s WWE. Thank you, dude. Bop, 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 bop. I'm 33. I wore a pair of Ric Flair socks to my own wedding, and I got all my groomsmen their own wrestler socks, including Andre Dusty, Million Dollar Man. That's dope. As I've been listening to the various top five, ten discussions, I find myself coming back to the fact that The Rock is too low on all the lists. I think my individual top five is Stone Cold, Macho Man, I'm skipping his description of each, Flair, Hogan, and The Rock. The reason I think he should be no worse than top five and at least as high as three comes to me after watching the film Rampage. Let me break it down right quick. The movie should have been a zero on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's a legit five to seven. The premise is ridiculous, and there's some good actors in it, and The Rock does not seem out of place at all. At this point, I would say 50-60% of the people who know The Rock don't even know about his wrestling career. At some point in the future, The Rock will win an Academy Award. Due to how big his acting career is, he is now the most well-known wrestler in history, and that is not disputable. I think this counts for a lot, and the biggest reason Hogan is many people's number one is due to his outside wrestling roles. Mm. The Rock... The Rock has more catchphrases than anyone except arguably Ric Flair, and even those aren't as mainstream as The Rock stuff. I mean, Tuesday night, the Tuesday night show was named by The Rock, and it's stuck ever since. I would love to be in the mailbag and hear you and Greg debate, blah, 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 from Eric in Boston. I, I, it's not completely unreasonable. He, the, the point of, He's inherently deserves to be high because he is he is singularly the most well known wrestler of all time. Is not valid. Is, is not valid. No. Why not? Well, because 
we're not, it's not a popularity contest, right? If it was a popularity contest, then that'd be different. But like, that's part of the argument. And because of where The Rock places in all those other categories is what drops him down the list. So, you know, in that part of the argument, then yeah, you can say that he's up there. But, um, you took a lot of falsehoods to get him to give The Rock that. You know what I mean? He had to say, Maybe The Rock is bigger than Hulk Hogan was in Hollywood, but I don't know that The Rock is um, bigger than Hulk Hogan was in the 80s. That's that's hard to say. And not only that, like the reason Hulk Hogan was popular wasn't just because he was popular um, in Hollywood, because Hulk Hogan made some trash movies, so he wasn't even really that popular in Hollywood. And if you want to talk about wrestlers as actors, The Rock is not the best actor wrestler right now because the rock is putting out some dud movies and he plays the same character in those duds um that dude would be batista um rock is doing great in the fast and furious franchise but the fast and furious franchise is not touching the marvel franchise and batista was whoa, 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 just whoa, whoa, in well, greg what are you Infinity saying War. greg what are you doing greg greg what, what are you doing what are you, what are you doing here are, are you comparing the rock and batista in hollywood batista's in a better batista's doing better Batista's it in better makes, movies. That okay, and guess what? Um, you know, everyone talks about Joey Janela or whatever guy who wrestles in front of a, a thousand people. The Rock is the Rock. The Rock, the rock is, is the Rock. The Rock is the Rock. Is the Rock is that. the biggest star in Hollywood? The Rock Batista, gets movies greenlit, but the Rock you can't, is I'm, not. I'm just saying. It's an, it, the, the, your argument took a hit when you even brought up Batista. I love Batista. I he's in better impressed. movies. But so what? That's that's that's, a, that's it literally, in my opinion, completely. He plays irrelevant. better characters in better movies that are part of bigger franchises. 007 and Marvel. But but I say that to say nothing because honestly, the Rock statue in Hollywood is irrelevant to the argument of um, him as a pro wrestler. Like we all love but the he, Rock. We're all going to always love the huge, Rock. It's a huge imbat. He's a huge ambassador for wrestling. I understand that logic. That like, if you factor in mainstream appeal, he's got the most. I don't happen to factor that in the most. the The reason, the reason Hogan, he, what he fun- fundamentally gets wrong is, the reason Hogan ends up number one on a lot of lists is not because of, you said this earlier, Greg. It's not because of the outside stuff at all. It's because he was so over inside. That's it. Period. That's uh, that. No one, no one's talking about suburban commando. That's really what <laughs> no. hurt his argument. No one's talking about the nanny. Um, no one's no one's talking about any of the stuff that he did out. It's none of it, I mean, except for <laughs> Thund- except Thunder for Rocky and Paradise. 3. Thunder and Paradise. Rocky Three is the only thing. He was in Rocky that, Three that for like helped. what three minutes. Yeah, but that but that did still play part of the narrative. It played into it. It was it was a part. Because Rocky was so huge at the time that playing a wrestler in that franchise at the time did make an impact in terms of his overall brand. And he played a wrestler in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that added. That added to it. But uh, listen, Hogan's place, whether wherever you have him, is is that that character was the biggest character. And, and I got to tell you, I've been, again... First of all, I've been finding myself doing a brilliant job separating it. I, I really just don't 
I just don't <laughs> think about it. I just don't think about it personally. I, 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 it's the same way. Like Benoit's a little bit harder in my opinion because when you remember the depth of it, can you hold on? I think I think Bears told us to wrap this up. Bears, bears, not. All right. I'll, what? But yeah, like I, I, you know, listen again. My experience will always be slightly different, even though I feel that. I'm as close to under to appreciating it, not understanding it, appreciating it as a white person could be. Um, I know that experience is different, but Greg, I've been in a, I've been, I ended up listening to the Bruce and Conrad. I know it was Bruce. I mean, uh, damn it, Conrad Shivani episode about the the uh, the Nitro with Hogan, um, Goldberg mm-hmm. at the Dome. And as a result of watching that episode, I, I, I watched this show. I then went along and just kind of watched the next few Nitros. I, in some ways, I think his best work is uh, – in some ways, I think that Hogan's career, I could look at one way for the 80s and I'd be like, yo, he was really great. But it's all Vince to a certain degree. It's, it's the NWO stuff that I really am like uh, – that's the stuff I really love. I mean, he, he, his heat was re- repugnant. People hated him. Yeah. I'll give you that for like, sure. Like, it's incredible. It's just really, that's the, that's the part of his career that you go, man, and maybe now we understand why it was, he was good at playing a heel, but <laughs> my lord. He could hide in plain 98. sight. 97, 98, man. What? It was that's fun stuff to watch. All right, we've taken forever. SGG, do you have a do you have a BPR? I do. Uh, but I have to adjust it. I had to adjust my black power rankings uh after the conversation and the revelation that we received in the mailbag. Um, originally, this was going to feature an appearance from, um, you know, Alicia Fox and Sasha Banks. Um, but I think, given the title of the show and the conversation that we had, there's only one way to go. Riding high, I love all it. by his lonesome on his Black Power rankings, the one and only Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh my God, who knew? Who knew when the show started where we'd end up? Can you believe it? <laughs> Sometimes it'd be like that. Sometimes it'd be like that. So is he taking over the entire thing? Yeah, he's taking over the entire thing this week. Oh, I, I love it, particularly because I have to go. Uh, SGG, <laughs> uh, don't forget, guys, tickets on sale Friday. Tweet us, email us, tell us that you bought tickets. Send us mail to the mailbag, rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. And uh, hope everyone enjoyed the show. We'll see you Friday, August 18th. August seventeenth, live at the Sony at Sony Hall, and then Saturday at Blind Barber for the um, for the 
the merch pop-up shop with at wrestling for sale. But go cop those tickets right now. SGG, do me a favor this weekend and uh, enjoy yourself. Oh, yeah.